Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest CTSS quiz, November 2012 edition. We have 10 excellent cases for you, and hopefully you got them all right. But more importantly, hopefully you learned something from them. So let's get started with case number one. This is a great case. Uh, I ask you that the patient had recent trauma, what's the best diagnosis? When you look at the CTs, both lung windows and soft tissue windows, the key finding to me are the pleural-based, wedge-shaped, what looks like infiltrates or infarcts, there's a few tiny air bubbles present, and the question is, what could this be? I guess lung abscesses are a possibility, but usually they're not definitely pleural-based for both of them. I also mentioned recent trauma. You can get lung abscesses post-trauma, though that's pretty uncommon. Could it be pneumonia? That's a possibility. Septic emboli, I'm going to skip that for a moment. BACs, bronchoalveolar cell carcinomas. Well, that's a possibility when you have ground glass type infiltrates or airspace filling. But wedge-shaped, peripheral, the best diagnosis in this case is septic embolism. And septic emboli, very nicely shown, often a multiple, often do cavitate. And just a very nice example of that in this scenario. This is a great case. I'm showing you a topogram and a coronal 3D image. This patient had a Merkel cell tumor, but what's most important, you see a large bowel mass. And this was metastatic disease. It could be a primary lymphoma. It could be an adenocarcinoma. It really wouldn't matter. What matters is this large mass. And then what's that density? Well, you can think about a surgical clip or retained barium, but when you look at the topogram very carefully, it has a very distinct appearance. And that's of a camera, one of those GI cameras, given technology is the name of the company. And as the cameras that go in the small bowel, they look for bleeds or tumors. The truth is they're not as accurate as people thought they were. It's only about a 60% accuracy. One of the dangers or complication of these cameras is they can obstruct. And in this case, the patient has obstruction of the camera by a large mass. This is one of the contraindications for using the camera, a large mass. And this was eventually resected and the camera removed. So a very, very important potential complication and something important to recognize because when you look at it, you can say, aha, this is just a clip or this is calcification or barium. Again, topograms can be very, very helpful. Just a wonderful case. Now this case, I said, looking at the aortic valve replacement, the AVR, what can we conclude? Now, I will admit, if I gave you the 4D in this case, it would be so easy. Because when you look at it, you see the two limbs or the two cusps of the valve. It's a bicuspid replaced aortic valve. And you can see that the closest one to the anterior aspect is not really at the same length. It's not opening the same. And in fact, this one barely opened. And so really what we were looking at was a poorly functioning valve. One of the leaves did not work. And that's what the diagnosis is B. And the 4D was just spectacular. Also, if I showed you other views, there was a minimal amount of thrombus on the valve, which occurs when the valve is not moving. So just a wonderful example. Now, this is a great case. If you look at the images, you look at a large pelvic mass. It's cystic. It's septated. Without looking at the history or the questions, you could say ovarian tumor. It's a female. You can say ovarian cystadenocarcinoma. You could be right. You could say tubo-ovarian abscess. You could be right. I tried to help you out here and say the patient had persistent pain for several years. And several years, you're not really thinking about ovarian cancer because then it's metastatic, though I guess I didn't say you weren't treated. 
Tubovarin abscesses are usually acute. Meckles, this does not look like a Meckles diverticulum. And the answer is endometriosis. This is a wonderful example of endometriosis. You're going to have tiny implants on the colon. On this case, the colon was moving and displaced over, but it's just an excellent example. This is a great case. You see a mass in the region of the pancreatic head and second portion of the duodenum, which is enhancing. And they ask you for the least likely diagnosis. This can be a gist tumor of the duodenum or a carcinoid tumor, both a vascular. In fact, this was a gist tumor. Could it be a pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor? It could be a tumor of the pancreatic head pushing over, though the epicenter really is duodenum, though I will admit in this case, particularly the coronal views, it's very hard to separate. But the least likely diagnosis would be a pancreatic adenocarcinoma because those are hypodense lesions. This is hypervascular. So the other three are all possibilities, and this ended up being a gist tumor, a very nice case. Now, this is a good example of a classic entity. Well, what are you seeing here? You're looking at the left atrium. There's a filling defect. You can see it in 3D. A very nice kind of irregular bordered filling defect near the interatrial septum. What could this be? Angiosarcoma that occurs near the right atrium anteriorly. Metastasis to the left atrium. Well, you know, that's pretty rare and usually by direct extension. A thrombus is a possibility, but based on location and position and appearance, this is classic for an atrial myxoma. And left atrium is the best location. Just a very, very nice example. Now, this is a great case. You have a very low Agassiz score under 1. So what about that LAD? There is a critical stenosis in the LAD. It's not a computer-generated artifact. It's a critical stenosis. And the point I wanted to make in this case was that you can have critical stenosis even with a low Agassiz score. Particularly in African Americans, the score is often very low or zero, yet there's significant disease present, which in fact was the case in this patient. Again, it's very important to recognize that the only way of really excluding coronary artery disease from non-calcified plaque with critical stenosis is really a CTA or, I guess, an angiogram. But a calcium score gives you risk-related information. But in patients like this, it can be way off. So again, a low score doesn't mean anything, particularly in the face of a lesion such as this. Now, this is a great case. I'm showing you a large vascular mass. Now, you'll notice on the first image, coronal view, lots of neovascularity. It doesn't have the peripheral enhancement of a cavernous hemangioma. Metastatic colon cancers are typically hypovascular. Angiosarcomas can be very vascular. Don't quite have the necrosis like this. And in all honesty, are incredibly rare. This lesion also has a pseudocapsule on venous phase imaging. This is very classic for a large hepatoma with neovascularity and a pseudocapsule. Just a very nice example. Now, in this case, I mentioned the patient's being evaluated for aortic valve replacement surgery by a percutaneous approach. These patients are being evaluated now. They're all at least 80 years of age. And so we will measure and see if they're eligible for getting one of those procedures. But it's not a surprise that when you scan older patients, you could find things that would contraindicate surgery. And in this case, what are you seeing? There's a mass by the left hilum encasing the left pulmonary artery, pushing on the left atrium, inseparable from the aorta. That's tumor. It ends up this patient had lung cancer. It was an incidental finding. 
So this patient was not a poor candidate based on vascular calcification, was not a good candidate based on the vascular map. The truth was probably it was a good candidate, but the problem was this patient had a tumor by the left hilum, which was a lung cancer, and this patient was not eligible for getting an endovascular um, repair of the aortic valve. Again, when you're looking at older patients, it's important to look at the entire study because important findings like this, which will contraindicate procedures or surgery, are not uncommonly found. This case is a wonderful case, 20-year-old male with newly detected murmur. We did a CT looking for a cause. Look at the size of the internal mammary arteries, collateral pathways. Look at the classic stenosis past the left subclavian, classic coarctation of the aorta. It's not Takayashu's, which can give you large vessel disease over long segments. It's not a dissection. Mid-aortic syndrome is kind of a throwaway term for stenosis of the mid-aorta, and this, in a sense, maybe almost fits in the category, but past the left subclavian, young patient, huge carotids. Why the, uh, the uh, patient's uh, murmur? Well, this patient had a bicuspid valve, which is 50% of patients with coarctation have. So then I've given you 10 wonderful cases, 20 excellent images, and 10 terrific discussions. And with that, have a great day.